is an Odyssey original. This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KNX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. The Supreme Court dealing a major blow to President Biden's vaccine mandate for businesses. Speaking of the president, wants to give Americans more of the at-home COVID tests, wants to make more of those N95 masks free. And many hospitals are now at a breaking point. But we start with the Supreme Court. Justices blocking the administration's attempt to impose a vaccine mandate for companies with more than 100 employees. But it's allowing a mandate for most American health care workers. Elizabeth Slattery, senior legal fellow, deputy director of the Pacific Legal Foundation's Center for the Separation of Powers. Elizabeth, the legal ramifications of this decision? Yes, thanks so much for having me. So the the court uh, announced this afternoon that it is issuing a stay. So it's putting on hold the mandate issued by OSHA uh, that would require uh, two thirds of private employers in our country to uh, re- require their employees to be vaccinated or uh, get a weekly test and mask in uh, in in the workplace. At the same time, the court upheld a different mandate issued by the Department of Health and Human Services, which applies to uh, healthcare facilities across the country that accept federal funds through Medicaid and Medicare. Why one and not the other? Is something to do with that tying in the the funding for Medicaid and Medicare? You can have different rules where the OSHA mandate is is different. Why the split? Yes. So they come from uh, different statutory authority. Uh, and for OSHA, they that agency is authorized to to issue rules dealing with um, you know safety in the workplace and workplace hazards. And the court held that this. Uh, this mandate, this which is unprecedented in terms of things that OSHA had tried to regulate in the past, uh, is not within that agency's authority. Um, and this was uh, with uh, the the six so-called conservatives on the court and the three uh, the three justices dissenting um, who were appointed by uh, by a Democrat president. Now the other case, uh, it was a bit of a flip. You had the um, you know you might call them the liberals plus Chief Justice. Roberts and Justice Kavanaugh joining to uphold the Health and Human Services mandate. As I mentioned at the beginning, this case, this decision, legal and political ramifications, this is uh, not good news, clearly, for the Biden administration. That's right. And one of the things that came up during the oral argument last week, Chief Justice Roberts mentioned look, this is starting to look like when you pull put all of these mandates together, there's the one for federal co- contractors, the one for federal employees, the one for healthcare employees, and the one for uh, employees uh, in, in uh, within a, you know with more than 100 employees in in, uh, in in one organization. It's starting to look like a nationwide mandate that did not come from Congress, and it came it came from you know piecemeal from different agencies uh, solely by the executive branch. So the the issue at the forefront of this case is. Who should be setting this policy? Should it be Congress and should it be the people's representatives in state houses across across the country or unaccountable bureaucrats in Washington? Was there an argument made that Congress and the states, sometimes they don't move fast enough? And is the answer to that, well, this is how the system's built. So too bad. You got to figure it out or, or you don't. 
Well, you know, there, there was some discussion of the, the need to act swiftly, but of course, we're, we're headed into our third year of dealing with this pandemic. Vaccines have been around for a while. Congress has had adequate time to consider uh, whether, whether or not to implement these sorts of um, vaccine mandates, you know, through the normal uh, lawmaking process and hasn't done that so far. And uh, so, you know, it, if you look at, though, the timing, President Biden made the announcement in September and then that these mandates were coming. And then it took, you know, two months for the agencies to actually roll them out. And with some of them, they uh, they stayed their implementation for even longer. You know, the one for federal employees and federal contractors still has not gone into effect. Elizabeth Slattery, Senior Legal Fellow, Deputy Director, the Pacific Legal Foundation's Center for the Separation of Powers. President Biden has a new plan to deal with the pandemic. He is going to double the number of free at-home COVID tests available to Americans to one billion. And he's going to make N95 masks free as well. Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, epidemiologist and clinical professor of preventative medicine at USC Keck School of Medicine. Doctor, why did it take so long for the government to provide these uh, high-quality masks to people? Well, certainly when we're focused on infection prevention, and the idea was to prevent the spread of infection, N95s, KN95s, KP94s, all these higher level masks um, would have been a useful addition, particularly in crowded indoor settings. Uh, now with you know Omicron and knowing that about 80% of people are either vaccinated or have previously been infected, I think the context is very different. And we've heard from a lot of leaders this week that it's inevitable that um, everyone will be exposed and infected. Uh, well, uh, by the way, just to be clear on, on that, uh, is being exposed necessarily being infected? Correct. No, it's it's not the same, right? So being exposed is just being out with uh, someone who is uh, infectious and in, uh, close contact, but in, being infected means you do have a uh, positive test. But the good news is that we've seen that, you know, if you've been vaccinated, um, or if you've recovered from infection, you are highly protected against severe disease outcomes, hospitalization and death. So while our hospitals are clearly in crisis as a combination of staffing shortages and uh, people coming in, the people coming in are almost exclusively unvaccinated. So now to the smoothness factor, do you think this is going to work? I assume you hope it's going to work. We do need more of these at-home tests at the ready because, as Charles has mentioned a bunch of times, you go to the pharmacy, you can't find them. You can drive by and see the lines of people waiting to get COVID tests. Sometimes people go to hospitals because they can't get them anyplace else. By the way, I went just earlier before the show. We had uh, an update. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I looked at there are two pharmacies yeah. close to the studio. Neither one Nothing. had any. Neither one knew when they were going to have any. Yeah. So, doctor, we need tests. Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, the tests are being, you know, uh, aggressively consumed by the worried well. So we really need to reserve tests for people with symptoms and people at high risk of complications. As we've shifted the strategy in the epidemic, again, from infection control and prevention to a more medical strategy of early treatment, we need to make sure that people who are at risk for complications and if symptoms are identified early with a rapid test or a home test or a uh, walk-up test so they can get the benefits of treatment to prevent them from going to the hospital. 
Yeah, I, I think you just said something really important that people should keep in mind about the worried well, that that it, it isn't really a good use of these tests, right, for people to just sort of indiscriminately buy them. And even though they feel great and they have no known contact with somebody who's infectious, just to kind of few times a week keep taking self-tests. Yeah, I think that's a misuse of the tests. And, you know, I would argue that, you know, uh, exposure is even a misuse of the test unless you're at high risk for complications. So, um, you know, the, my, my recommendations are if you've been exposed, you're at low risk because you've been vaccinated or you're otherwise uh, healthy, monitor for symptoms. And then if you do become symptomatic, that is an appropriate uh, time to get tested. But we've created, you know, a, an industry and somewhat epidemic of asymptomatic people with positive tests. Dr. Jeffrey Klausner, epidemiologist, clinical professor of preventative medicine, USC Keck School of Medicine. Coming up after a short break, California nurses protesting as hospitals get overwhelmed with COVID patients. Nurses in Southern California, they are unhappy. They say hospitals are understaffed and they have a major issue with new rules that allow them to come back to work after testing positive for COVID-19. Nurses were protesting outside L.A. area hospitals today. One of them, Indra Chima, works at Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center. Indra, the biggest problems you're dealing with? Well, we just feel that it's uh, the, new, the latest guidelines just put nurses uh, at risk, um, not only for the patients, but also for themselves and spreading this virus um, to other staff members, whereas we already are, are so short-staffed, um, we, you know, that's just putting patients and uh, our fellow nurses at risk. So the way it's written, it says if we're down to crisis levels, then yes, you can work a nurse who's positive, asymptomatic, make sure they were an N95, and then, you know, hopefully keep them in the COVID ward, which makes sense. Um, have you actually seen this go into practice, or is it still the theoretical that we are unhappy about? Yes, it's I believe it's still the theoretical, but we are being uh, told that it's, you know, likely to um, happen because we are in, you know, so um, short-staffed. And uh, we just feel we are, you know, we're working with immunocompromised and vulnerable patients. We should not be putting them at risk. You know, we are, we are here, we nurses are here to take care of these patients. And it is very morally distressing when we feel that uh, we can't do our job that well, we are, you know, we feel that we're, we're there to do and we're being told other, you know, to do these things that don't sit right. You know, um, it's just um, it's, it's just putting a lot of um, uh, distress on the nurses. Indra, uh, tell us what your day is like now in, in the hospital and how are you holding up? Um, well, we had uh, so many short um, staffing, you know, sick uh, calls. Uh, we had one of our units had to be closed down uh, because um, half of the staff was unable to come in um, for the night from the night shift. And we um, are just, um, you know, just uh, surviving, really. Um, you know, every day is, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty challenging to come. Um, and it's, it's leading to a lot of uh, People feeling very burnt out, and um, you know, uh, we're we're holding on. But um, this new guideline is just putting uh, putting like salt on our wounds. It's just like saying, okay, yeah, you're 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 okay to come back and treat, you know, take care of these patients, which we as um, you know nurses don't feel it's right. 
We talk about, you know, the, quote, mildness of this, right? Fewer people in the ICU and, and from a sheer patient load. Is that what people don't understand? That even if the numbers aren't as high in some areas, you guys are just hit with like a constant flow of patients because there are so many people getting this right now. And then the ER becomes like the first line for a lot of people. I got COVID. I don't feel well. I'm going to go there because I don't know what else to do. And that's ending up at your door. Right, right. And, um, you know, the ambulances are, you know, as you everyone has heard, you know, uh, they're over capacity, you know, uh, emergencies are, you know, over their capacities, a lot of them having to shut down. Um, it's just the sheer number of patients that are showing up. Um, and, you know, we, we just need, um, we need help. We need, um, you know, if, if, um, you know, if you don't need to come to the emergency, you know, if, you, if it's, Please stay home, you know, but um, I understand if patients need to come, but um, we are, we are just mostly concerned about this new guidelines. Um, the, the, we, we need, um, we need more staffing and um, the CDHB, the California Department of Health, you know, I, this new guidelines uh, just are uh, making it more risky for um, for staff and other pa- for the patients. Indra, I'm presuming, and correct me if I'm wrong, that most of your patients that you're seeing uh, and helping in the hospital uh, are not vaccinated. Uh, do you find yourself going through a sort of mental quandary here that on the one hand, of course, your job is to help everybody, but on the other, do you get upset that people who are unvaccinated now find themselves in the hospital and adding to the workload? Well, I mean, our job, um, you know, our job is to take care of patients when they show up. Um, you know, um, those are, are the feelings aside. You know, what my job when I show up to work is take care of the patient the best I, that I can. But the staffing shortages is just really um, making, uh, you know, pushing all the nurses to the brink. Um, they're already, I mean, this has been two years already. Um, we're, everyone is exhausted, fatigued. Um, while, you know, the, 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 we, we're just, we, we need help and, uh, we really need, um, you know, public to do their part, um, to keeping everybody safe in the community. And, uh, we just would like the governor to resend this, um, this new guideline. This, this is just putting everybody at risk. Indra Chima works at uh, Ronald Reagan UCLA Medical Center. Thank you. In China, a woman had to spend several days in the home of a blind date because of COVID-19. She went over to his house where he cooked her a meal. Sometime during the date, the community went into lockdown. Oh, no. oh wow. What a nightmare. China has a strict zero-tolerance policy when it comes to COVID-19. She says her date cooked for them every day, but still she says the situation was not ideal. Could have been worse. I yeah. mean, there was food, at least. Yeah, that's true. Uh, wow. You can find this Odyssey original on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Talk, of, talk about the blind date from hell. <laughs> <laughs>